Hi, welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. I think the biggest lesson that I have learned since I started figuring out personal finances and how to improve my own as well as share the things that I am learning. The biggest thing that I have learned is that all of this is just one very big game. It's a big elaborate game and if we can figure out the rules to the game, we can do better at it. Credit scores are one of those aspects that it's, the whole thing is just very complicated and it scares people. And when we don't understand things, we tend to shy away from them. Uh, people who want to improve their credit score feel helpless because they don't understand how the game is played. And even for people who have good credit scores, that doesn't necessarily mean that they know exactly what goes into them. I was one of those people. When I moved to this country, uh, I had heard about credit scores. I knew what credit cards were, but I did not understand them or how they worked. And I didn't understand them for a very long time. So that's why I wanted to make this episode so that I could talk about all of the things that I have learned about my own credit so that maybe it might be of help to you. Basically, your credit score, it tells financial institutions like banks how well you handle money. And the whole base, the whole basis for it is giving them information based on this number on how uh, how likely it is that you would pay off debt if they were to lend you money. That's essentially what it is. Uh, it's very basics. The thing is, there is a lot of information out there about credit, about repairing your credit, about improving your credit score, and you want to be very careful about the things that you do because there are a lot of scams out there. If you're looking for information on credit and credit scores and improving your credit and so on, stick with institutions that you know of, like Credit Karma and like the banks, they provide legitimate information. On the episode website for today, I am going to include lots and lots of links uh, for the things that I am covering in this episode, and those are all legitimate, so that can provide additional information as well. So the first thing that I did not know is the scale that is used for credit scores. So the scale is 300 to 850, and according to one source, scores of 690 or above are considered good credit. An excellent score actually is in the 700s. I used to think that you had to have 800 for it to be excellent, but that's not the case. Um, 
and if you have a low credit score it can impact your approval for loans it can also impact whether or not you get approved to rent somewhere if your landlord runs your credit as part of your application it can make the interest rates on anything that uh, you are borrowing so if you're using credit cards or whatever the case might be those interest rates may be higher you may be required to put down deposits for things because you have to show that you have some cash uh, and it can actually impact your insurance rates. And that's something that I did not know. I didn't know that credit was pulled for insurance. Uh, so yeah, it can also impact that as well. There are three major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. So if you've heard those names, what they are, they are companies, they are three separate companies, and they oversee your credit. Uh, different companies, different financial institutions may use different ones. So for instance, recently I needed to take out a line of credit and when I called the bank, they needed me to um, allow them to run my credit through TransUnion. And so I allowed them to do that. In the past, I've used Experian for other things. So that's what the credit bureaus do. You may have also heard of a Vantage score and a FICO score. Those are models that are used to determine your score. And so uh, they tend to be very similar. They may not be exactly the same. So what I wanted to do is break down for you what goes into your credit score, because this is something that I had no clue. I thought that it was just one number that I don't know how they came up with it, but this is how they come up with it. So I mentioned Vantage and FICO. They have different percentages, but the categories are about the same. For FICO scores, 35% of your score is based on whether you've paid your bills on time. And those are the bills that are going towards your credit report. So did you pay your car loan on time? Did you pay your mortgage on time? Did you pay your credit cards on time? Anything that is going into your credit report, if it was paid on time. And because it's 35%, that's actually the highest percentage for FICO scores. So if you can pay your bills on time, that will increase your score because the, the um, bureaus will see, oh, okay, on time payment, check. Uh, and when it comes to doing that, you don't necessarily have to pay your bills in full. Now, ideally, you would want to be doing that. But say, for instance, it's your credit card and the minimum payment is $25. For the bureau's sake, if you pay that $25 by the due date, they will check it off as on time. Okay. I'll talk about why you want to be paying your bills 
bills in full in a minute. So the biggest category is on-time payment and that is 35% of your score. The second biggest category for FICO scores is your credit utilization, and that is 30%. And this is why you wanna be paying your bills in full. So what credit utilization, wow, big words, <laughs> means, that is how much of your available credit you use. And so to figure that out, what you would have to do is, and this is what the bureaus do, divide your total credit card balances by your total credit card limits. And the goal is to keep that percentage below 30%. So this is the part that I was very confused about because numbers. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that I am not the greatest when it comes to math. And I very proudly proclaim that. And so it takes me a little while to repeat things over and over until I get it. So here it is. If you have a balance of $100 on a credit card, okay, and the limit on that card is $1,000. Then your utilization is 100 divided by 1,000 multiplied by 100, and that is 10%, okay? And you're trying to keep this category under 30%, so that's fine. If your balance is $500 and your limit is $1,000, then your utilization is 50%, and so that's above the recommendation of 30%. And so that will impact your score. Your credit score will be lower. So that's why you want to try to be paying off your bills in full because it will keep your utilization low. Uh, and that would help your score to increase. Um, the next category, the next biggest category is the length of history, and that is 15%. It's not just, oh, well, I have a card that's been open for 25 years, so that's what they consider. They have like an algorithm for figuring it out, but essentially the point is the bureaus, the companies want to see that you have been using credit for a long time, and that will allow them to feel like they can trust you with their money. Um, if you have a, a line of credit that is old, that's been open for a while, then you probably wouldn't want to close it because then that would decrease the length of your history, which can impact your score. Uh, if you don't have a long credit history, there is a way that you can uh, change that. For instance, there's something called an authorized user. So I have a credit card, right? I am the primary holder of that credit card. I can decide to make my child an authorized user on my credit card. I don't necessarily have to get an actual uh, physical card with his name on it and give it to him. He's just listed on the account. 
he is not responsible for paying the bill. I am responsible for paying the bill, but he is allowed as an authorized user to make charges on the account. Why would I do that? Well, what that does for him is it allows him to have a long history of credit. So my kid is two years old right now, and there are some institutions, some banks that do not have a minimum age. So technically I could open a card or put him on one of my cards. Um, but what would happen is 16 years from now when he's 18 and he needs credit for something, the bureaus who will pull his credit history, they'll be like, oh, you have a credit history that is 20-something, 30-something years old because he basically inherits my length of credit. Um, so that is something that can be done. Of course, lots and lots of caveats here because you have to be exceptionally responsible. If you're not using credit responsibly and you include someone like a child or a, another family member, that will impact their credit as well. And that can have detrimental impacts long-term in terms of their interest rates and their abilities to take out loans and all of the stuff that I talked about before. Not every institution allows for authorized users, not every bank, uh, and some banks have a minimum age that might be 13 or 16 or 18, and there is a link included on the website for today, the webpage for today's episode that um, lists all of the major banks and what their breakdowns are. 10% of your FICO score also is um, the number of lines of credit that you have open. And another 10% is for hard inquiries. So there, you may have heard of hard versus soft inquiries. A hard inquiry takes off a few points temporarily. So that's when, say, you're applying for a mortgage and the bank needs to run your credit report and your credit score. Uh, that would be a hard inquiry. A soft inquiry does not impact your score. And a hard inquiry stays on your record for a couple of years, but the impact on your score itself is temporary. It doesn't last for very long, and it doesn't really uh, shift it a whole lot. Um, so yeah, that is the breakdown for what goes into your FICO credit score. If you are running your credit, you may have an institution just pull your score or they may pull your full report, which includes every inquiry that's been made, uh, the breakdown of all of those percentages. Running your credit can be running just your score or your report or both. And when you check your own credit, uh, it won't impact your score. So I talked about being an authorized user and the benefits to that. I also talked about hard and soft inquiries. Significantly improving your credit score 
requires you playing the game by the rules. So I've kind of outlined what those rules are. And um, for me, over the past year, I have significantly improved my own credit score by aggressively paying off my debt. And so that lowered my utilization. And I also had in opened three, I believe, lines of credit this year for various reasons. And those increased my limit. So that also showed the companies that, okay, well, she's being approved for credit and she has a bigger uh, credit limit and her utilization is low, we can increase her score. Uh, There are other ways to improve your credit score, particularly if you have a score that is low, There are several things that you may want to look into doing. But again, like I said, buyer beware because there are a lot of scams out there. I will include links for legitimate ways to do that on the webpage for today's episode. Another thing that I wanted to mention, uh, two things actually. To protect your credit, you will want to freeze your credit at all three credit bureaus. So what that means is you basically put your credit in a vault. That's the way that I imagine it. And you have the passcode to this vault. So if some scammer out there wanted to run your credit or use your credit or sign up for credit cards using your information, they won't be able to do that because the bureaus wouldn't allow their institutions access without that secret password. And that is a great way to sleep soundly at night knowing that your credit is safe. Um, That is a big recommendation coming from me. Uh, So you would want to do that if you have not already. Another tip is checking on your credit report. A couple of banks have this as an option when you log into your account. Um, The one that I like the most, because right now I have accounts across multiple banks, but I really like um, Chase has a credit journey and it breaks it down beautifully. There are other options as well. I know a lot of people use Credit Karma and you can log in and you can see how things are going. There is a website and it is annualcreditreport.com. And you can run your credit report for all three bureaus. And uh, the report is free. Typically, the recommendation would be to run it once a year, which is why it's called annual credit report. But because of the pandemic and because of the fact that so many people were laid off and were also looking for jobs and applying for loans and all of that stuff, they were making it um, free through... I believe April of next year, and you can run your credit report once a week on that website. So that is also an option. Um, So I will include 
links for all of this information on the website. I am so happy that I better understand how credit works, how credit scores are generated, and I can see the impact that that information has had on my own credit score. So I hope that this helps you with improving yours. Thank you for joining me today. You can check out the website at healthywealthyroots.org. Most of the episodes have additional resources on their very own page on the website. You can also follow me on Instagram at healthywealthyroots as well as on Clubhouse at HWR. Remember, our future grows from Healthy Wealthy Roots. The next episode is for my fellow single parents, whether by choice or by circumstance. I wanted to talk about the challenges of raising a toddler alone and dealing with stress as a single parent. Tune in next time. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.